Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, the sports animals in the morning on ESPN Honolulu. Good morning. It's going to be windy, maybe a little cloudy today. We could all use the moisture. Hope you're having a great Monday so far. We'll get another traffic update on your way in in just a few minutes. John Venary is joining the show. We've got Rainbow Warrior football tickets to give away. And, of course, uh, top headlines we're following besides University of Hawaii Rainbow Warriors' big win on Saturday. Uh, We'll get to that. Tua Tonga-Vailoa. It's why the Dolphins can't have nice things. They just can't beat the good teams. Yeah, that seems to be the knock, and a lot of people bringing that up. There are three losses against two Super Bowl teams and another team that goes deep in the playoffs, and hopefully they can take care of that come January. All right. Uh, the Rainbow, not a great weekend at all. And a couple of big games for the Rainbow Wahine volleyball team. They fall in both at home. First time in 30 years they have lost back-to-back conference home games. That is incredible. And not only losing, where on Friday it looked like they had the lead, were going to win, but on Saturday getting swept by Santa Barbara. I don't think a lot of us saw that coming. Uh, big, big upset. Biggest upset in sports. Mililani upsets Kahuku for the OIA championship. Uh, these guys might get another crack at each other, but what a game that was. Yeah, and I guess I'll use the same line. Nobody saw that one coming where Kahuku, of course, doing a great job. Eighth in the country, I still believe, in the national polls. And Mililani's had a great year. We know how potent their offense is. Still, I thought Kahuku would win that game. I think we're all kind of hoping for a rematch in a few weeks. Well, it's not It's not the Mililani's. Uh, I don't know if you saw the game or not, but it, wasn't, it was Mililani's defense. Uh, well, and Keeney McMullen was the star of the show, but the defense really showed up big. So Kahuku's still ranked eighth in the country after a loss? No, they were ranked. I don't know what they're ranked. Oh, okay. That'll come out okay, probably gotcha. today All or right. tomorrow. HHSAA, New City Nissan, HHSAA Girls Volleyball State Championship. The Division One side starts today. Yeah, we've got a lot of great volleyball, football playoffs starting, so it's a good time for high school sports. It is crunch time, as some would say. All right, uh, yeah, so getting back to uh, the volleyball, uh, mid-pack, let's see, mid-pack, where are we now? Who is uh, playing today? Oh, I've got mine uh, off a little bit. Hold on a second. It's Division One. I should be looking at, not Division Two. Today, surprisingly, uh, speaking of upsets, Moanalua will be playing uh, Kalani today. They play at Moanalua. Waiakea uh, goes up against Kapolei, Kamehameha Maui takes on Roosevelt and Punahou and Kahuku go at it. Boy, that's a, there's a couple of heavyweights right there. Punahou and Kahuku going at it in the very first round. They could meet in football. They're meeting in volleyball. Great matchups. I love it. All right. Uh, okay, Rainbow Warrior football. What a, what a game it was. You know, I don't know why. 
because, you know, I'm no uh, brainiac when it comes to really anything in life. Except, you know, I, I mentioned this uh, during the week a couple of times. I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. I said, you know, you got to like Braden Shaker run with the ball a little bit. Get him to run with the ball. And, uh, boy, I don't know. I don't have the stats. Well, I have the stats somewhere in front of me. But uh, Braden Shager uh, rushing the ball, getting rid of the ball way more quickly than we've seen in the past has proved to be a recipe for success for the Rainbow Warriors. It seemed like everything clicked on Saturday. And when was the last time we could say that, especially on the road, to finally get that road win, first conference win? Yeah, I thought Chago looked really good. I mean, he got credited with 11 carries. I don't know how many of those were scrambled. But there were a whole bunch of designed runs, a couple of draw plays, and it looked like he was doing pretty well, averaging about four and a half a carry. But the offense just to be just seemed to, even though they didn't score in the first quarter again, it just seemed to be a different-looking looking offense overall throughout this game. Well, what you saw is you act because you saw, and uh, I listened to the game on Saturday, and they showed a replay uh, last night. I uh, I was able to catch that on, is it OC twelve? I don't know Spectrum Sports, and uh, um, Kanoa was mentioning that um, Timmy Chang had a sit down with uh, Nick Rolovich, and uh, Nick Rolovich had some pointers. For uh, Timmy Chang, it looked like they really worked out. I you know, getting the ball, a lot of the short passes, getting the ball quickly, and that gets you, it gets you in rhythm, you know. And I thought the running game, uh, you know, part of it, it was, you know, what Nevada just, I don't know what was up with them. I don't know how they won their last two games because <laughs> they didn't look the same playing against Hawaii as they did the other, uh, as the other teams. But the, uh, you know, it was just, you know, they shot themselves in the foot with penalties. I'm talking about Nevada. But, boy, all of a sudden, you know, those plays to Landon Sims kind of just running on the outside. He's got more speed than I thought. It was just a really creative uh, creative play calls is what we uh, got to witness. And it just had, you know, th- that combined with Hawaii's defense, uh, you know, combined for that win. You could see the pressure that, uh, that uh, Hawaii's defensive line was putting on uh, against uh, Nevada. You saw a bunch of names, if you're just a Fairweather fan, you a bunch of names you never heard of because we don't call the defensive linemen's names that much. These guys were in the backfield pretty much the whole night. Yeah, they did a great job. Was it six sacks overall, all on A.J. Bianco came in in relief? Uh, again, Hawaii going into this game was one of the lowest teams in the country with forced turnovers oh, and sacks and fumbles and interceptions. Well, not one of them, the lowest in, in uh, turnover ratio, number 130. Look, I know they were like 126 or 7 a couple of weeks ago, but really not doing much in that area. And on Saturday, it was different. Uh, you get Peter Manuma's uh, in, uh, interception that set up a touchdown. You get the six sacks, the fumble recovery. I mean, it really was something we were hoping to see earlier this year, but it was great to see everything really come together. Really, all three phases of the game on Saturday it was great for them. Didn't it look like uh, Manuma was uh, Manuma was going to score? Yeah, I know. He, oh, I, was so, I thought he was definitely going to score. He actually got tripped. I watched the replay. A.J. Bianco hit him in the leg. Uh, t- 
kind of got him by the ankle and tripped him up, and then somebody else knocked him down. But I think he was ready to score if it wasn't for AJ. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that he would have because uh, they kept showing that over and over again. I don't know that, that he would have actually gotten tripped up on that because he got plowed from behind. It was one of those. It was almost like a blindside hit. Obviously, it was because he got hit from behind. But uh, boy, he was speeding the end zone, and you knew that you you knew that he was you know his adrenaline was like yeah I'm about to score bam ah but they ended up scoring off of it anyway right, right. what a great game he had yeah it was it was so close on that play and it was kind of an easy interception in a way something we have seen from the other side a few times this year and again it was great to see Hawaii kind of do those little things and the big things to really get this win and I know Nevada isn't one of the better teams in the conference but for where Hawaii was to what they did on Saturday I think everybody should be really happy and pleased with what this team did and hopefully that'll carry over a little bit for the last three games of the season yeah, um, the uh, I, I remember a column in the Star Advertiser saying, are we at rock bottom? You know, all of that kind of stuff. Hey, you know what? I'm just happy for the coaches and the players, you know, to, to have that plane ride back. And I know every sportscaster has said this, and but at the same time, it's really how you got to feel if you're a supporter of the program is, you know what? Thank goodness these guys get to enjoy themselves they get to enjoy the weekend and then get back at it because, well, Air Force is going to be no uh, no uh, easy task. I was listening to um, the Bobby and Tanner show earlier, and Tanner was like, Tanner was like, uh, you know, when he's talking about this weekend against Air Force, his quote was, "I think we all know what's going to happen this weekend." Well, you know, I don't know. It's a little too early on a Monday morning to already predict Hawaii's going to lose to Air Force. I think we're going to, you know, it's going to be tough. But, you know, come on. I, I think we all that know is going to happen. I don't know. Well, I mean. Air- I'm not throwing you under the bus there, Tanner. It's just Tanner probably feels like a lot of people feel. Well, Army was 18-point underdogs. Hawaii is 18-and-a-half-point underdogs. We're at home. Army was on the road. Anything is possible. I don't think it's probable. But, and I know they're going to be angry, but, hey, with a little confidence, a little momentum, who knows? That's why you play the game. Hello? <laughs> I'm just getting it. It's, I'm, I'm trying to get a reaction out of Tanner. He must be doing something else in the studio. Oh, he gave you a reaction, I think. Oh, really? Did he tell me I'm number one? <laughs> Do you want me to give you a reaction? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I mean, like, this is all I've, I'm saying that mostly because I don't want to get people too down if Air Force does, in fact, come in and absolutely, you know, have a blowout win. I think what I mean by and say I know what we're, what's going to happen is that they're a really good running team historically, mm-hmm. and over the last couple of years, we're shown to be not a very good rushing defense. Right. So I would love to predict an upset. It wouldn't be very appreciative of the military of us to do that on military appreciation, I, I will say, to uh, blow out and upset a military academy. So, <laughs> look, I just want to say, let's show them. <laughs> I won't be like that. But no, I just show think, them no respect. Let's show them no respect look, and all that stuff. the Chair Force but, needs but, no respect. Stop it. They're, they're a great rushing team. I just really, unless we somehow magically become uh, an elite defense or at least a good defense, uh, after that Nevada game, I just really don't see it happening this weekend, unfortunately. Remember, right. this is a team Thanks, that Sarah. hid the trophy from us several years ago. <laughs> the, the, what was the trophy the, called? The, cutter, the Cooter Trophy. Cooter, cooter no. Trophy, yeah. 
The uh, so yeah, there, and Rolovich was like, "I'm not leaving. They're all we have it here somewhere. We'll mail it to you." He goes, "I ain't leaving until you give it to me." Yeah. So hey, you know what? Crazier things have been done. I remember when Hawaii was uh, under Coach Mack and uh, Dave Aranda was the defensive coordinator, and for whatever reason, it was um, it was like, "Oh, how are we going to stop Air Force? It's going to be impossible." Maybe we were at an off year that year or something. I don't know. Uh, and then whatever Dave Aranda did, Hawaii absolutely shut them down i don't remember what year it was or anything but it was uh it was um it was quite surprising it's just it can be done you know hawaii played pretty well against the run against nevada now of course nevada is not what air force is by the way one loss they're out of the national rankings already how's that they were only about Jeez. 22nd or third i think going right, something like that. but they're you know still. yeah it is too bad anyway, though, but they, they lose to, a bad to usc team. but part of the problem is usc wasn't ranked Maybe if USC was ranked, uh, they would have, you know, they'd still be in the rankings, but uh, not so. All right, uh, let's do this. We'll check your traffic here in a second on ESPN Honolulu. Weather today, it's going to be partly cloudy this morning, mostly sunny and windy uh, the rest of the day. High about 85. Trades 15 to 20 with some higher gusts. So tie down the small farm animals. <laughs> the wind is a coming. Uh, we'll check your traffic in a sec. I want to let you know. H-Camp, the Hawaii Concussion Awareness Management Program, reminds parents, coaches, and athletes to learn more about recognizing concussion symptoms. Visit hawaiiconcussion.com. Topics. Oh, there's a lot of topics, obviously, going on with the win on Saturday against Nevada on the road again. It was just great to have this team get that win and get their first Mountain Conference win. I think they excelled in really all three phases of the game. But Verdell Edwards does get ejected from the game in the third quarter, I believe it was, when he got back-to-back personal unsportsmanlike conduct penalties, taunting uh, the receiver. I, I guess he said the magic word to the ref because the second penalty came 30, 40 seconds later after he started arguing with the official. And whatever he said at that point, the official throws the flag. Timmy Chang comes over, tried to calm him down. Kind of oh, worked. Too late. And then, and too then late. The- okay. he, he was mouthing off to the receiver, and then he said something to the ref, and, they were, and he just stared him down. That's why he threw the flag. He was in his face staring him down. It was like, Dude, what are you doing? And I, I wish the coach was there, but he was kind of in the background. Those guys got to get him out of there. I mean, he's a big, strong guy, so it's a it's a little tough. But you know, he was a captain for the he was a captain, and he's a fiery guy. I get it, but he's got to be just kicking himself. I mean, he didn't want to be consoled. He didn't want to talk to anybody, but he's got to be kicking himself after that game. I think also when he after Timmy Chang was done with him, as I was going to say, uh, one of the players on the sideline tried to console him and calm him down, and he kind of threw his hands at him, you know, shove him off of him. They didn't want to be talked to by a teammate. Was still pretty right. upset, even you know, thirty, forty seconds later. Thing is, to me, I mean, I don't know if he 
that's I don't think that's characteristic of him. We'll ask John Venneri about that in about 12 minutes. But in the heat of battle, you know the emotions are going to get to players. I mean, if it's something he does repeatedly, if he has unsportsmanlike penalty time after time or twice in a month or whatever, but I don't remember him acting like this before. I, a, lot, a lot of people on Saturday were hoping he gets really punished severely by the coaching staff on the fans' voice, and I can understand that. I don't think we're going to hear anything specific as far as what acts or action they might or might not take, but obviously they're aware of how that looked for him. He doesn't get suspended for the next next game it's not like taunting or targeting excuse me where you're suspended for the next uh, first half of the next game it's nothing like that he'll be able to play the full game against air force but i'm sure they'll have a talk with him and if they do something fine to me if they don't take any action against him i'm okay with that too again in the heat of battle sometimes these things will happen well uh, whatever they do internally it is what it is but uh, listening to the game on Saturday and then knowing that this happened, it's something that I was kind of keying in on is watching Verdell Edwards before this incident happened. He was chirping a lot. He was talking a lot during that game. Now I haven't noticed uh, uh, during the break, Tanner was saying that he's been a known, he's known to be kind of a talker and, and that's okay. Some guys it fires them up and as long as you don't go too far, but I was watching this uh, game in the first half kind of keying in on him and, He'd tackle somebody. He'd step up. And it, a couple of times it was close, I thought, where maybe the ref, because you could see the ref saying something to him after stringing out a you know a guy trying to run to the sidelines. Verdell Edwards tackles the guy. Beautiful tackle. Textbook tackle. And then he gets up. He's kind of standing over him. I'm going, whoa, get out of there, boy. You know, get out of there, mister. You're going to get in trouble. You see the referee say something to him and give him a little warning. One of the things I did notice about this game, watching it live, at halftime when both teams were about to exit the field, coaches and officials stood between them to make sure they didn't cross paths. That's stupid. And that I was, I, I, I was curious if anything was going on in the first half to warrant that. Because that's something no, you don't that's, usually that, that, see. No, you, usually, what you usually don't see, Gary, is teams crossing each other midway through the field to get to the locker room. The locker room is usually on the same side of the field as that you are. So what they're doing is what they do in every football game is hold up, hold up, direct traffic, let the other team pass, then you go to your locker room. That's what you witnessed there. I never saw anything quite like that. Not that I never did. I don't usually see anything like I saw I've on Saturday, I've seen it at though. Aloha Stadium when Hawaii takes the other side of the field. It, it's They do that in football. They do that in high school football if that's the case. So that wasn't anything. There was nothing really attached to that. It was just because you saw – if you remember of what you were watching, you saw Peter Manuma try and walk out there in the middle of that, and they had to pull him back. It was like, oh, come on, don't make me. Now's not the time for big body. Come well, on, again, get it together. I just wondered what would Verdell Edwards maybe getting a little too emotional if something was going on in the first half with putting it all together. Could have been. No. Yeah, could have no, been. No, no, I'm telling you. Have. No, no, no. <laughs> what they do is they do that. It's I know a you already said practice. that. You already said that. Okay. I'm just letting you know that it's a normal practice. They're not I going. Don't, I, don't, Verdell... I don't see that at okay. home games here. I definitely don't see that at home games. I know they're crossing different paths. You know, the, the, the one right. team is going back to Les Murakami. Still, though, if that looks a... a little unusual. Yeah, well, it's something that happens, and um, the, but the the whole thing with um, the whole thing with uh, Verdell Edwards that was in the third quarter, so that didn't happen yet. What I said was, if you were listening, what I said was, I wonder if something went on in the first half to maybe carry over where the emotions were getting heated because of what went on as far as oh, trash there were, you know what there were emotions all game long, especially in the fourth quarter. 
Man, that was it was a chippy game, but those games are fun to watch. Those games are fun to watch. It's uh, 726 here with the Sports Animals. This is ESPN Honolulu. John Veneri going to join us in about 10 minutes. We've also got Rainbow Warrior football tickets to give away. Uh, you can text or call 808-296-1420. Paul's on the line. Hello, Paul. Oh, hi, animals. How you doing? Hey, Paul. Uh, like... How you doing? I know it's been a while. Uh, I, I like your show, Chris, the Carousel Show. Um, you can taste the food there for some reason through the radio. Anyway, uh, can I mention about Edwards? You know, I, I think that was okay. I think that was captain's behavior for a Hawaii team. You know, with, with refs giving Hawaii calls, Hawaii-only calls, I think it's good. We should start. Guys should start talking down refs, you know, you know, uh, talking them down. Tell them if you give these bad Hawaii calls, you will be talked to is how I see it. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Paul. Great call. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly where he was going there, but uh, we got the sense of that right there. And yeah, we'll talk to John Venary. One thing I've heard John say several times now in the last several games uh, is that there have been a lot of chirping going on and things are getting heated often in the fourth quarter. So, Oh, in, in, in UH football games? Yeah, yeah. He's mentioned that several, and he mentioned that on Saturday near the end of the game, and he mentioned it yeah. a whole bunch of other times as well. Yeah, you don't want to get too chippy. You got you know, you want to be careful, especially when you're winning a football game and you're trying to close it out. You don't need some stupid penalty at the end of the game that's going to cost you. Now, fortunately, that happened for Nevada. Nevada had some un, you know, some untimely uh, penalties that really affected them. You know, one thing uh, before we bring John on is uh, AJ Bianco. Now he got beat up uh, by the Hawaii defensive line. I mean, he was. He was hit early and often, um, but you know what? He is the future of Nevada. Watching A.J. Bianco, and you say, you know what? That guy's going to be good. He doesn't have anybody really good around him, and his running game wasn't working at all. But for a big guy, for his size, he's really athletic. I mean, he's pretty good off. He's really good. He is. I mean, he passed pretty poorly in that game, but he could run, that's for sure. Hmm. All right, it's uh, 7.28 with the animals here on ESPN Honolulu. John Veneri going to join us uh, coming up next. Hey, you want to win $1,000 cash and well, maybe a $100 weekly grand prize? It's ESPN Honolulu's Pigskin Picks, brought to you by M. Dyer Global and Young's Fish Market. Visit ESPNHonolulu.com right now to register. Keep listening. We're going to give away uh, Rainbow Warrior football tickets in just a few minutes here on ESPN Honolulu. Taking on Air Force coming up on Saturday. Right now, John Veneri joins us. Good morning, John. Hello, fellas. How you doing? <laughs> doing great. John, you sound a little bit more cheerful than most Mondays, and I guess a win will do that. When did you get a sense during the beginning of the game, if at all, at that point, that Hawaii might have a little bit different outcome this Saturday? Well, first of all, Mondays always suck. I'm just letting you know. And tra- travel, travel's terrible. But it sure does feel like a better Monday coming back from a win, which, by the way, uh, is also the Brother Broadcast uh, first win on the road as well. First uh, mm-hmm. conference win on the road. So just wanted to put that out there. Uh, when did I get a sense? Uh, almost immediately. I mean, you, you know, it wasn't a uh, 
well, you know, we had to talk with, with Jacob Yoro. We had to talk with Timmy Chang on Friday prior to the game. Um, and for, for a good hour and a half, I would say we sat down and talked to them and there was no indication that the defense was going to come out like that, but there were cer- certainly a, a feeling. And I think they knew that some kind of changes need to be made. Uh, we haven't seen a lot of blitzes. Uh, you know, I, I've talked to Timmy at length a number of times in his office about not even calling the names of some of the guys up front and how that's been disappointing. And part of that is because there has been no real rush on quarterbacks until this week. I'm like, what did you do with the defense? Where are they? You know, and then here, here they, here they come 10 tackles for loss, six sacks. I mean, it was the performance you needed. And it was really like on first and second down, their rush was incredible. Even if there was a pass on one of those downs, they were still able to get put enough pressure on the quarterback to cause disruption. And I, I just thought that it was a, it was a well-rounded game. It wasn't the the biggest performance from the offense. In fact, I was a little I, I was a little uh, disappointed in in the offense output because I thought that Hawaii's offense could have been a little bit better. Um, Two hundred and three yards in what is supposed to be on a run and shoot you know offense wasn't that great, but. The best part about that was they found some some sort of running game, and Braden Shaker was only sacked twice, and that didn't really account for any loss. He he added to the rushing game, so I thought they did a fantastic job of moving the football. And Landon Sims, who is only a walk on, just was incredible with his, with the with his footwork. And, and I mean, his dad used to run straight forward. He's got right. some moves. So Landon Landon jumped around a little, little bit, and even. Uh, uh, Solovay Pulu got a couple of uh, carries that that made a difference. Yeah, you know, I think it, the um, we mentioned earlier that the exact same thing you said is, hey, there's a bunch of guys on the defensive line I've never heard of before because we we, we you know they've never had their names called, but I had forgotten about that because all we've been kind of talking about is the offense a little bit, but the, yeah. it was the defensive. The defense was, I guess, when every time you you they hire a new uh, defensive coordinator, they always say. Well, we're going to employ an attacking style defense, yet we never see it. Yesterday or Saturday, we saw an attacking style defense, didn't we? And we've been waiting for that. And I think uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of sliding across the line on the defense prior to this past game, and that and not a lot of pressure upfield, and 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 it really is just a command. I mean, the command is go, go straight up the field, get through those holes, you know, send those, send the rush on. And, and, you know, Elijah Robinson, who, who jumped in, had two sacks. Mm-hmm. I thought he was fantastic. Um, but he also added depth because Ezra Ivaimalu did a good job. We called Cho- Andrew Choi was uh, the third yeah. tackler. That Helmet sticker for Andrew Choi. No, a- absolutely. He had, you know, a, a tackle for loss. He had a half sack. I mean, so great job. And Jalen Smith got a sack. We also sent guys in off the edges, which was fantastic. You know what I mean? So it was just nice to see the defense finally come around. And this was the defense that we were kind of hoping for throughout the season and wondering why it wasn't in, in, you know, deployed uh, throughout the season. But it finally came around. How do you make sure that can carry over? I mean, I know Air Force is going to be a different animal, but what we saw defensively on Saturday as far as the aggressiveness, the blitzing, you would think they're going to keep on doing stuff like that to hopefully lead to success. Well, you know uh, uh, the, the academy's offense with that with the um, with the uh, spread option, the triple option attack, which I know very well, by the way. 
um, is one of those things where it, it's so precise. You cannot make a mistake against that because they will really eat up yards on you. Um, and there are there are different different ways to, to defend it. Um, way back when uh, when Hawaii played very well against Navy, um, Dave Aranda and and Greg McMacken had asked if if I would come out come down on a Wednesday with Kelly McGill, and we basically walked them through what what Navy was doing, and and not only what they were what they were looking for in blocking schemes, but also how it would disrupt disrupt the, you know the offense if the defense jumps around so does anyway not taking credit for it but man they played like one of the best games ever against them and here's the thing it's like with army beating beating uh, air force this past weekend you really kind of have to emulate what they're doing defensively find the things that work that worked against them because the academies know how to play against each other the best right they they're the ones who play against each other they're the ones who run very similar offenses and our Army did so well against that, that Air Force uh, offense that you really kind of need to see what they've done right and then go from there uh, and then just hope your offense scores more points. You're not going to stop the Air Force offense. You can slow them down a little bit, but you've got to do some things to disrupt them because they, they're, they're so good at audibling on the line and, and changing things according to how many players are across the tackle or outside the guard. Um, and so, you know, where the linebackers line up, those are all specific things that are called at the line of scrimmage from an academy uh, uh, that runs the triple option offense. Uh, John Veneri joining us here on ESPN Honolulu. I had mentioned that earlier. I said it was against Air Force uh, about that game. It was against Navy. But I gave all the credit to Dave Aranda. I, we should be giving you all the credit. In fact, maybe well, Coach, Coach Timmy Mack is... And Coach, Coach Mackin and Coach Aranda were calling me and, uh, and, me and Kelly McGill Coach. Right on. <laughs> there you go. It was funny. It was actually so maybe funny, maybe you know, Coach we Timmy, you guys that. can help the Warriors now. Go down there and practice and help them out. Here's the thing: just like the run and shoot, you know, it, it's changed so much. Um, and, and 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 this is kind of the New Testament. Like this is the New Testament <laughs> of the run and shoot. Well, Air Force, while they haven't changed much, they still have changed things. Some of the schemes. I mean, I'd be more than happy to try to help if I could. Um, but they have guys now. They have guys on staff that analyze every single play, every player, every block. And, and uh, I might also add that the blocking is different nowadays. The rules on cut blocking upfield, which was something that was very much uh, done by, by our offense uh, in, in the 90s, and Navy and Army, those have all changed. It's very difficult. So they have definitely changed things on offense to be able to account for not being able to cut block upfield on, say, safeties and corners. Hey, John, what is your take on the Verdell Edwards situation from Saturday's game? I think, uh, I think his emotions got the best of him. Uh, it's unfortunate because he is a fine young man. Uh, I talk to his dad and his mom almost every game. They're there at, at almost every game, and that is a great family. I know that they raised that kid the right way. I think his emotions got the best of him. He made a really, really good play on the receiver. And yeah. it, it, I think he just, you know, and he's the team captain, and he's that for a reason. He's not, you know, he's not a kid that guys don't look up to. And, you know, he was named a captain by his peers, by his teammates. And so I think it really got the best of him. He made a good play. He stood up. He kind of talked crap over the guy. Uh, <laughs> that was a bad thing. Uh, and, and that drew the first flag, which I kind of saw that coming. 
and then him questioning the referee in whatever language he did while the coaches were trying to pull him away, got him ejected. Um, he, you know, he's available for this week. I do believe that there'll be some form of punishment. I don't want to know what it is, and we're not going to find out what it is. It'll likely be something physical, uh, either before or after practice for some length. But that is a guy you need on the field, and he is not normally like that. I believe this was a, uh, a, a lesson learned by the team captain, but that is a guy you need on the field to play. And he certainly showed it on that one play just by knocking the ball down. Is, are bear crawls still a thing? <laughs> I believe they will be. If they weren't, they will be. Oh, my goodness. Man, you know, and you mentioned the, the play, and that's one thing we overlook. That was like if, if – that was like one of the defensive plays of the game. He kind of had his back Absolutely. to the, the ball, and he, you know, back, you know, just swatted it away. It was unbelievable. They were both falling down, and he dove at Man. the last second and hit that ball out, out, and it was a really, really good play. And we were going kind of crazy in the booth with it until, he, and then immediately when he stood up, I was like, "Oh no, just back off, <laughs> just back away," because he was standing over him, and that already is not good. Right. You can't stand over a player and not allow him to get up. It's, it's going to be almost an immediate flag. Although, I will say this. There was a targeting call during on that play, uh, on the play that, on Jonah Pinoke that I thought uh, should have been a, a targeting call. And so I'm, I am really confused now with targeting penalties this season because there have been so many that I thought was one according to the rules but then haven't been called. So I'm really confused, and I really do want to talk to uh, – George Gusman again about some of those plays because he he'll have a better take on it. But uh, I don't know what I'm seeing if if not you know a targeting penalty that's being called back. I, I really don't know. So I you know I just you just can't stand over a player. And so I, I know Verdell will be back, but he will probably likely have some form of physical punishment that will take him to the brink at some point early this week. John, what is your assessment of Braden Shaker's game from Saturday's? I thought it was very uh, – I thought he did a fantastic job of, of tucking the ball. He went through a couple of progressions, although I know on a couple of passes, uh, you know, you had a dropped touchdown pass from Tomatoa Mokiao off him a lot. Oh, yeah. I know he wishes he got that back, but he did a fantastic job on the craps table after. So he was happy for the win. But, man, that was a touchdown pass, so that's one of the drops. Um, he also did a good job of going through his progressions. I believe Mark mentioned that during the game. He went through his progressions pretty well, and, and he didn't take long to do it. So if, it, if one, two, and three weren't there, he went through it quick enough to be able to pull them, uh, tuck the ball away and, and run it. And I thought he did that fantastically. He was able to get up the field when he needed to, and he picked up crucial yards when he needed to to move the football, and I, I thought he did a good job of that. His, his, his completions, attempts, and yards won't really show it. He was only sacked twice. He had no interceptions. And he had two touchdown passes to Pafeli Ashlock, which I thought were really good yeah. ones. He, he, he really split the seam on one of them. Yeah. Uh, I believe it was a 25 or 6-yarder. Uh, but I thought he did a pretty decent job. He looked more in control than I've ever seen him. And he ran the ball better than I've ever seen him. You know what was cool was even during that game, even in the second quarter, these guys were they were smiling. They were they were they were having well, a they good were jumping time around playing. on the sideline. You know, they were they were happy. They were jumping around on the sideline. There was definitely an energy that I hadn't seen before, and it was from the beginning to the end. That's why it's so important to get up, get some momentum, and start fast. And you know that's been a key for the last few weeks because you know it's been a problem the last few weeks. Right, and you saw them, you know, playing with, um, you know, playing with joy. 
if you will. But also, you could. This was watching this team say in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter, watching this defense. You know, at how confident they were playing. It was like I thought I was watching Al Noga out there. I mean, it was. It really is uh, makes a huge difference where they finally got this. I'll use the f- same phrase everyone else is kind of this monkey off their back. But boy, yeah. once they do that, that's got to lead to. It's got to lead to more success, maybe even this season. Well, yeah, I think you're so right about that. I do believe that um, that this win helped change the attitude of a lot of players and the feeling of, of a lot of fans. A lot of people went into this thinking, "Oh no, here we go again," you know. And and it's and they quickly changed that around. It, I I believe it was so good mentally for some of these players too, who who were kind of dejected in the game against San Jose. I mean, it was a, such a disappointment at home against, a, you know, a former quarterback and teammate, uh, but more so just another loss, but a, a loss at home that hurt so bad. To be able to bounce back like this on the road against, I mean, let's put it into perspective. Nevada was, is not a very good football team. They are certainly not top tier in the Mountain West, but they got a couple of wins against teams that Hawaii lost to. I'd like to get the win or the loss against San, Jose, uh, San Diego State back. Uh, you know, I think Hawaii deserved to get a win there, and I thought Hawaii was a better football team, but played horribly. Um, and and uh, you know, this football team needed this win for just just the the, uh, the feeling that it that it gave them, them and the coaches. You know, there was a kind of a, a a feeling of not only here we go again, or can we actually get it done? You know, you see the look on the players' face, like, damn, we really need it, and they got it, and so. After the game, seeing them in the hotel and seeing some of the smiles on their face, able to actually talk and enjoy each other's company, um, not just as football players and teammates, but just as friends again, was really nice. Right on. I wish we had more time. we got to give away these tickets. Hey, you say Mondays suck, but at least you're back with with, uh, Kelly and Mikey. And, you know, the three Musketeers are back together again. Yeah, absolutely, and we'll be back with Timmy this week, Wednesday at Ruby Tuesday. Come on out, show your support, ask him some questions, but just enjoy the show. We are definitely going to get into the win and, and talk about it. We're definitely going to get into Air Force and what it needs, what Hawaii needs to do to make it uh, come away with an upset. Right on. Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Okay, right, guys, thanks. John, John Veneri here with us on ESPN Honolulu. Let's give away those tickets. Caller, We always say caller number five. Let's say caller number four. Oh, you got to be fast. 808-296-1420. You want two tickets against uh, Air Force on Military Day Saturday. Call in now and win with ESPN Honolulu. If you can't catch the game in person, you can catch it at 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar at Leeward Bowl in the Pearl City Shopping Center. That's your home for UH and NFL football. They're open early on Sundays, showing all the NFL games. Uh, also, great poo-poo uh, for Monday and Thursday night football, the specials. Uh, it's the home of the new video wall and the place, once again, 850 Craft Beer and Whiskey Bar at Pearl City Shopping Center. It's the place for UH college and NFL football. Congratulations to Ramon from Manoa. Got the UH football tickets. It's Military Day uh, coming up. We'll give you details about what to expect coming up at uh, Clarence T.C. Ching Complex this Saturday for the Rainbow Warriors. Thank you guys for texting in the Zephyr Insurance text line at 
296-1420. Somebody texted in here, brah, I was the one last week who said that UH would not win another game and that the plane ride home from Reno would be just another plane ride. I am greatly humbled, yet happy our boys got the win. I sit here this morning enjoying the big bowl of crow, adobo, and rice. Go Bows. Yeah, I don't think he was the only one who felt that way going into that game, but I'm glad a lot of people are acknowledging how good the team looked on Saturday. Uh, Let's see. Here's one. It says, great win for the football team just when we were feeling down on the team. Chris said it best last week with the old saying, you got – you got to play the game. Great job, guys. I don't remember saying that, but I'd like to take credit for the victory now. All right, one more. Timmy Chang should give Dave Aranda a call this week to prepare for Air Force. That defensive scheme versus Navy back in the Coach Mac era was one of the best defensive games UH has had against the option. And now, Gary, we find out that it was all John Veneri and uh, Kelly McDirt. I think John will have a little bit more time this week. Dave and Baylor, they've been struggling a little bit right now. I think he's got other priorities. What? What? How's Baylor doing? Not that good. I don't even think they're a bowl team this year. Wow. It's uh, 7.56 here. Uh, top stories and more coming up with the Sports Animals on ESPN Honolulu. Hope you're having a good morning. If you're a University of Hawaii football fan, you're having a uh, great morning talking Rainbow Warrior football. You can text in or call at 808-296-1420. Not a good day, though, for Tua Tonga-Vailoa and the Dolphins yesterday as they fall to the Chiefs in Frankfurt. I think they're going to be a playoff team. That is obvious, but I think they want to show their fans and everybody else that they're among the best in the NFL. And unfortunately, not being able to beat these teams, these top teams yet, hasn't gotten them over that hub. I still have faith in them, but that was a tough one yesterday. Well, yeah, and lucky for them, the Buffalo Bills, who knows what's going on with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, My goodness, uh, you know, the New York Jets could finish ahead of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, let's see, um, you know, bad Monday, too, if you're a Rainbow Wahine volleyball fan. Uh, got beat twice uh, over the weekend at home. First time that's happened in conference play in over 30 years, losing back-to-back at home. And by virtue of that, they are glad there's a Big West tournament, first of all, because they have a, still have a chance to win the Big West. They are not going to win the regular season title. They still have four matches left, two on the road this week, Irvine and Fullerton. But... Uh, First and second place look pretty doubtful right now as far as getting that by in the first round of the tournament. Yeah, something that should have been uh, it should have been uh, front page news is that Mililani upsets Kahuku for the OIA championship in uh, uh, open football. Man, that was crazy. I did not expect that. I don't think a lot of people expected that. I'm not sure. I'm sure Miliani had a lot of confidence, but that really shook the high school football world. For Kahuku, fortunately, they're still in the state tournament. They just won't get the number one seed that Miliani got. So it's going to be a little bit tougher road for them to get back to the championship. I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch of Miliani and Kahuku in the final. We'll see if that can take place. Well, we'll see. The uh, um, the brackets are out. Basically, for the open division, it's you got your final four. So there's no yeah. buy that anybody gets or anything like that. So Kahuku will play Punahou on Friday, November 17th. Uh, that game is uh, going to be uh, preceded by Mililani against Campbell. So I'm not sure, you know, how Punahou is going to do against Kahuku. I know that Mililani Campbell 
will still be a good football game, even though Mililani beat Campbell earlier, right? Yeah, and, you know, one of the things I wish didn't have to take place, but it's just the way it works out, is all these weeks off. I don't know when the last time Punahou would have played between games. It's probably going to be three weeks, I believe. And that's happened to a number of teams getting ready for playoffs. It's just the way the leagues are set up and with the playoff structure. But at least they'll be fresh. I think both teams will be fresh. Well, the reason, I guess, is they don't have enough referees or fields to play it in because they've got Division One and D- Division Two football as well. So on the Division Two side, uh, congratulations to Roosevelt. Uh, they are in. They're going to be playing Kamehameha Hawaii. That's coming up on Friday. And then you got Pac-5 against Kamuki. So Roosevelt beats Kamuki, but, uh, you know, like you said with Kahuku, Kamuki's still in it to win it. Uh, Kamehameha Maui. And number one, Waimea, will have a bye on the Division Two side. In Division One, uh, in the first Hawaiian Bank, HHSAA, State Football Championships, your uh, Farrington will be taking on Damien. Uh, Kapa'a will be uh, traveling to Lahaina Luna. And then Waipahu and Kona Waina uh, do have buys. But Kona Waina, they've been a power recently. They have it. They've been really good in a, for a number of years, just like girls basketball. I think Lahaina Luna is obviously getting uh, a lot of the fans on their side. Their our hearts, our hearts are with Lahaina and Lahaina Luna sports right now. So I'd like to see them go far, just kind of because of that. And they've been a really good football team as well. Uh, let's see. Uh, we've got the New City Nissan HHSAA Girls Volleyball State Championships. Those get underway today. Uh, Moanalua will be taking on Kalani. Waiakea is uh, facing Kapolei. Kamehameha Maui. They're in everything. Uh, they're going to play Roosevelt. And you got Punahou and Kahuku. Uh, games will be on Maui, Punahou, uh, just all over the place. But, uh, yeah, we got a lot of state championship action going on. Let's get back to Rainbow Warrior football at 808-296-1420. But overall, a good performance uh, by Braden Shager. Some of those throws that he had were, I mean, they were sharp. That one dart, that longer pass, I think it was the first touchdown pass to uh, Pofeli Aslock was pretty incredible. I thought both touchdown passes to Ashlock were really good, and his numbers were good, not great, but he did a great job of not turning the ball over and, again, making some key passes. And he did have that one drop, of course, that we talked about with John Finneri, but overall I think he did a really good game in running the ball. Uh, again, designed runs, draw plays were pretty effective on Saturday, so I was glad to see him have that success. He deserved it. They even had an RPO. And so, you know what, I would work that in more often now because if you're watching film – and you're seeing that uh, Braden Shager has, uh, let's see, 11 carries for 55 yards in a game that, you know, maybe it's like you got to respect an RPO because one of them was a nice RPO for a, I believe it was for a first round, uh, first down gain. Probably was. I, again, I think he had a really good game. A couple of scrambles in there. He only got sacked a couple of times, but his running game showed a lot. The running game for Hawaii was by far the best they've had. The first time, I had forgotten this, but it was the first time they had rushed for over 100 yards in a game this season. Oh, yeah. That's hard they, to imagine in a way, but better late than never, I guess. Right, and the, and the run was working, so they were yeah. using it. So what you had was, I mean, the quarterback, he had the most carries next to Landon, Landon Sims and Braden Shager. Both had the same amount of carries because what Shager was doing is you had some designed runs, like you said. But also, it's the the whole thing with, um, you know what, it's look left, look right, look middle, nothing open, 
run with it. And that's what he did. And that was the recipe for success. I mean, it really had Nevada's defense kind of on their heels. Yeah, it was good to see the running game the way it was. I did think, though, Najee Bryant-Lalay, he did play and came back from another injury. He didn't look that effective. And the running game overall looking good, I just think he was struggling. It didn't look like he was 100% in that game. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah, Solo Vipulu got a few carries again. I mean, that guy's a beast. I love the... uh, uh, you know, whether you're in Philadelphia and you call it the brotherly shove uh, or the broadly shove because we're in the brotherhood or the tush push. I, I think tush push is the best. But anyway, there was one where we were uh, uh, doing a tush push from like the five or something like that. Landon Sims had the ball. If you remember, his helmet was off. His helmet was just on the top of this whole stack of humanity. You just saw an empty helmet at the top. And even Braden Shager got in the uh, in the action at the end. Didn't help out much. I mean, we made it down to like the you know one yard line or one foot line, whatever it was. But I thought that was kind of cool with because Shager's not a small guy. With Shager getting involved in the in the tush push as well, usually his tush would be getting pushed. Usually, usually. But I look glad that they can help each other in that aspect of the game. That could be. I wouldn't be surprised if there's a rule against that. I know they're talking about it in the NFL. I'm not sure if college they're going to explore that. But some people are against that play. I think it's fine. Yeah. Why would they? Why would they want? Why would they say it's illegal? I guess I mean, it's. Well, they have to make the rule to deem that it's illegal. I guess it's just not a natural play in a way. And I remember Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush might have had the original one against Notre Dame that undefeated season, regular season. But uh, I don't have any problem with it. It's just an unnatural play, and I guess maybe some people are against it. I don't know why. I mean, if it's fair for everybody, why not? I can. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Hey, more scoring isn't that what you isn't that what you want as a league? I I, I thought they wanted more right. scoring. You know. Hey, uh, let's go back to the Zephyr Insurance text line at eight zero eight two nine six fourteen twenty, and um, I see here this text says I was listening to the fans' voice, and a lot of the comments were way out of line. I'm not sure exactly, except. The one that I could think of that he's talking about in the text or maybe with Verdell Edwards. Uh, there's no place for this. I don't think anybody wanted him off the team, although there might have been a text saying that. But really? a lot of people wanted very team? severe punishment for him. No place for that. you got to get rid of him, make a stance. And you know, This is one thing I disagreed with. When somebody said the coaches are too soft in this aspect where they're not taking action against these players. And I didn't want to get very specific because I don't have every fact on this, but I told them that's not the case. They actually have issued discipline it's just not made public and you might not be aware of it but they are taking action against players who do things or don't do things they're supposed to so i don't oh, think yeah. fans should feel that way and there's and there is there has been a few practices where timmy chang has put the fear of god into a into a lot of these players and they don't so and it's nice that we, we appreciate fans you know calling and texting and that kind of stuff but you know, if you don't know what you're talking about, don't just say it just to say it. Uh, you know, like you're in the locker room and you know what Verdell Edwards is going to get. Does right. he deserve to get kicked off the team? Absolutely not. No, That's, I, that would just be crazy. 
Right. And what John Veneri said, I think, you know, kind of makes sense, obviously, as well, where they'll do something. We just won't be aware of it. And that's what I was trying to tell these people. Yeah. I think they want to hear something publicly to really just key on that play where I get to me. I agree with John. I think his emotion just got the best of him. If it's something that happens often or even periodically, that's a different story. I don't right. believe this has ever happened with him. He's not been one of those guys with all these unsportsmanlike conducts or taunting or targeting or anything along those lines. And this was just emotion. It wasn't a dirty play. It wasn't a dumb play. It might have been it was dumb. A great play. But it was, it was the emotion that great got the play. best of him. Yeah. It was a great play. It was a bad reaction. But yeah, did they say to kick Jalen Smith off the team as well from the week before? Not as many people, but I think a few people might have wanted that as well. But on Saturday, again, even with a win, I guess some people had to find something to complain about, and that was about it on Saturday, which shows everything else was really working because nobody had anything negative besides that to say. Yeah. Uh, let's see. This uh, texter goes on to say the players needed to stop talking and play football. Nevada was talking a lot as well, is what they were saying. Yeah. Especially towards the end of the game, I saw a lot of, a lot of lip coming from Nevada. Yeah, and again, John mentioned that in the fourth quarter in the end of the game, and almost every game I'm hearing that. So I I think part of it is just college football or even the NFL. It goes on. You want to tame it and not have it cost your team, obviously, in any situation. Well, that was Nevada. Let me say Nevada, not Hawaii. Well, I think, but but almost every game you hear about, you know, if they're they're talking, I'm sure Hawaii is talking back. They're not going to just look the other way. But they didn't let it get the best of them except for Verdell Edwards. Listen, when the the referee turns on his mic – for whatever reason, you could hear a lot of chatter uh, in this football game. Every time he did, I said, uh-oh, some, an F-bomb or something's going to drop here. 808-296-1420, our number to text in on the Zephyr Insurance text line. Uh, it says, a team that won only two games getting chippy, and you have something to say? Really? You only got two wins this season. Just concentrate on playing football. Yeah, you know, that's. I've never played college football my highest level of play was JV, but at the same time, we were on a bad football team. And you just feel, you know, you can't blame a guy for, you know, guys for being emotional when they're winning a football game. Especially when you lose four in a row before that and everything else associated with the non wins on the road no wins on the road until this game and everything else i think it was fun you got to be again it's hard to not have emotions it's of nature of football i mean nevada won only two games they were chirping yeah you know i mean you you see somebody at the end of the game oh I, i think it was a picture in the newspaper or something i saw somebody's holding up one finger and i could easily look at that and go why are you holding up one finger you've only won three games you're not number one I don't right. think you look at it that way. No, no. It's you see, look at it from the from the the lens of the the, the, the player themselves. Right, right. You see so many players signaling uh, first down when they get a first down, winning or losing, and that might be a little bit you know overboard to some. To me, that's it's okay. I mean, I mean, you know, in basketball, they don't want you to you know talk to the refs or do anything really vocal where you're going to get a technical. It's hard to not be like that. Again, I think it's fine in every sport unless it gets out of hand. But I mean, talking trash and some of the other things that go on, I think are fine uh the texter and thank you tom for texting in i guess they were winning the game but like some people say act like you've been there before but i guess they haven't been there too many times this year so they don't know how to act i don't know tom get out there strap it up and uh and thank you for listening and thank you for the text i just uh, respectfully disagree that i mean these guys are busting their butts most of them in the classroom as well 
I'm guessing. I don't know what their GPA is. But, I mean, they're busting their butts in class. Some of them got kids they got to take care of. They're, you know, out there on the football field. They're getting beat up every week. And you come back and you, you can't you can't criticize them for that. You can't do the act like I've been there before thing. But he, the text makes it sound like they tore down the goalposts and fans rushed the field. <laughs> there wasn't anything like that. I mean, what did they do? They talked trash. It's, it's, when you get hit by somebody, you're probably going to say something back. And that happens in all sports. I don't think anything was really overboard again except for Verdell Edwards. So, uh, again, I respectfully disagree as well. I don't think anything was overboard by the team and everything was fine. And when you don't win in a while, yeah, you're going to get a little bit uh, overexcited at a, at a game like this. And that's fine. Well, the fans were like that too. Yeah. I mean, like John Venera, you heard him on today's show, more excited and happy than maybe any other Monday in at least a month because they won. It's okay <laughs> to be happy with a win. Especially after last week. Yes, especially. <laughs> it's, he was very upset last week. Uh, Alan uh, texts in, and I guess he's got a message for Paul. Is that what I'm reading here? Yes, Paul. Yes. Paul, I hope you're listening. Alan, Alan calling. He says, the guy who thinks players should be staring down refs has a point about being tough and challenging, but players got to keep their mouth shut. No taunting, no free 15 yards. That is too selfish. Yep, and I agree. It was selfish. Yeah, again, I, however you want to label that, I mean, it was selfish of the way it played out, and it luckily didn't cost them the game, but it kind of cost them a touchdown, giving them those those yards on that. But again, I. I Players should keep their mouth shut to a certain extent, and everybody knows the rule. They know what taunting is is and how it's not allowed. You can't cross that line. So if you're going to get emotional, then you got to realize you're going to have to pay that price as well, and sometimes it'll happen. You know what you got to do? Follow Peter Manuma's uh, example. He's on that line, it seems, every game, and yet he never crosses it. He's right up there where you're going, don't do it, don't do it, and he backs away. Smart player. Because he plays with enthusiasm, he needs he needs to be you know um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? He needs to be that outgoing. I mean, it hypes himself up as being that loud and proud out there, but he doesn't cross the line. That's the there's a difference there. He did have a few of those penalties earlier this season. I think he had two or three unsportsmanlike penalties for taunting or just oh, okay. going overboard. A little. But that so was now, the but he learned earlier. his lesson. Yeah, but he yeah. learned his lesson, and yeah. he didn't. It's not like he doesn't do it. He'll he'll get he'll kind of get in your face, but he's a lot smarter about doing it. Uh, got a couple of different ones, not on UH football. This one says, UH Wahine volleyball is hardly ranked and har- hardly ranked. You're either ranked or you're not. I don't know if you can be hardly ranked. Can you? In a way, anyway. hardly ranked in the top twenty week by week, maybe is what he means. Mm, okay. Oh, I see. We're hardly ranked and hardly feared by anyone on the national scene. At what point does Coach Robin Amo enter the coach's hot seat? Or are Big West Championships runner-up good enough for us? Well, that's harsh. Well, we haven't been the Big West runner-up in a while. They've won the Big West. Now, this year, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, They've made the tournament, what, 29 consecutive years, the NCAA tournament, except for the COVID year when they didn't play volleyball. I think it's a little too soon for that. I understand how fans would be up, not really upset, but down a little bit because of these two losses over the weekend. And, you know, some of her comments, I was reading the paper uh, about, you know, some people came up to play, some people showed up to play, some didn't. I wonder if one player she was singling out, singling out was Riley Wagner. She didn't play in the second set on Saturday against Santa Barbara. 
And in a critical match like that, you would think she would. And Robin talked about that, how she was just playing the players who deserved to play. So uh, I don't know if that's the reason they lost, but uh, it seemed like she was kind of talking about a few players without naming them by name, about how they didn't show up enough on Saturday, maybe Friday as well. All right, we'll have more text coming up. We've got to get a traffic update here. Weather-wise today, partly cloudy uh, this morning. You can see that outside. Uh, mostly sunny the rest of the day, kind of windy. Highs about 85. Trades 15 to 20, but we've got some higher gusts on the way, so be careful. We'll be right back on ESPN Honolulu, 92.7 FM and 1420 AM. Oh, uh, before we do that, though, want to let you know that you can check out Athletes on our YouTube channel or ESPN Honolulu with Cole Mausolf. His guest uh, this time around, Shane Kawakami-Williams, former HBA track star and fielder now at Occidental College. Check it out. Brought to you by Central Pacific Bank, Hawaii's best bank. Talking UH football, getting your texts at 808-296-1420. Hope you're having a happy Monday. Uh, George from Honolulu texted in, and he says, the NBA had really cracked down on trash talking and taunting. Did they? They tried to, and they did up to a certain point where if you vented a little bit too much, it was an automatic tech. They didn't want players arguing with refs or getting too emotional maybe, but it seems like that has been forgotten. It's almost like you had to wear a collared shirt or a jacket on the bench if you were in street clothes. They don't worry about that anymore or follow that, so I think the trash talking is back to where it used to be. <laughs> uh, here's one. It says, bite your tongue, go on to the next play, think of your team and what actions you could cost your team yardage, so do what's right. In other words, hey, you know what, bite your tongue, don't don't talk. But a lot of times that's exactly the case, but every now and then I can understand that happening. And again, if it happens yeah, in big hard. numbers, and there was uh, one, or, one or two years under Coach Mack, I think, where they had so many personal fouls and unsportsmanlike conduct, those were in high numbers. That you want to tone down, but if it happens once in a while, I think you got to live with it. And if it costs your team a game, you know, something like that, that's a different story. Even if it's only once in a while, that's different. But if it happens, thankfully it happened in a win this time. And I haven't seen anything quite like that with back-to-back -back personal fouls or unsportsmanlike conduct and a guy getting ejected like that. Uh, I mean, if, again, I don't think Verdell Edwards will have that happen again. I'm sure he's getting reminded heavily about uh -huh. that as we speak. Yeah, and, and you know what? And he's a leader. I mean, he's a, he is one of the leaders. I mean, he's one of the guys when they're on the road and they're practicing, he's one of the guys, one of the few guys, the NFL scouts mm. are out there watching. So, uh, you know, he knows folks are watching him, too. So, I mean, even if he wasn't, uh, it seems like I don't know the guy, but from what everyone says, eh, it's just kind of not like him. I mean, it's one thing to have some fun trash talking here and there, but when you lose it like that, and really what we're not doing is we're not remembering that that was such a great defensive play he had. Unbelievable. That's like highlight reel stuff. And he was that upset that literally about 30 seconds, maybe a minute after the play, he was still feeling the same and probably saying the same thing, although this was on the sidelines to his teammates. So it really got to him, whatever it was, for sure. But you're right, right. he did make a really good play on that. You know, um, there are a lot of things that I didn't realize. This. I'm looking at some notes here. 
that uh, defensively, UH entered that game tied for number 17 nationally with pass breakups. How's that? You know, you say Verdell, it's not just Verdell Edwards. It's, I mean, he's really good, but, I mean, it's the whole team. That might be the most impressive stat they had on defense, at least going into the game. That is impressive. Yeah. You know, if we give out helmet stickers, uh, I mentioned Andrew Choi. Wait, Andrew Choi. I got the right Choi, right? Yes. Andrew Choi. He's, you know, he's in on some, uh, I don't have it in front of me. It says half a sack. I thought he was in on more than that. He had some tackles for loss. Uh, he was in constant pressure. It's uh, I don't know how many times A.J. Bianco got hit, but you put that on a defensive line as well. There's a few times where Bianco's going back to pass, and his whole offensive line is just in retreat immediately. And that's something where uh, not just A.J. Choi, the entire defensive Andrew. line, they, they you know they get a helmet sticker. Yeah, Andrew Choi, there was, there was one sequence where they got back-to-back sacks, I believe, and I thought Choi got yes. a whole sack on his own. He seemed to be really emotional playing with passion on Saturday. And again, that's a good thing. You need a little bit of that. Some people have been critical of this team for not having that energy, that passion, that emotion, that fire. So they show a little bit of fire, then you don't want them to go overboard, but it was one play that they did go overboard. Other than that, I like the way the players played on Saturday. It was great to see. Didn't we on that? It was it was in the fourth quarter where we had back to back sacks, and then we had like did we have back to back blunders? It was something like that. Uh, it was kind of it, it ruined those back to back sacks. I thought they were. I thought I saw back to back in the third quarter. I might have been wrong, but well, it uh, might have been the third yeah, quarter. Whatever yeah. it was, third quarter, whatever. But what was the? I, I don't remember. We had some kind of penalty or something that shot us in the foot after that. Yeah, I'm not sure which penalty that was. And, again, thankfully, some of those things didn't really come into play, like penalties and other aspects. It didn't hurt Hawaii on Saturday. So that was a good thing for a change. Let's go back to the Zephyr Insurance text line. Uh, this one says, does a team take the personality of the head coach like Timmy? I don't know. Does a team always take the personality of the head coach, or is that just kind of a – is it is it is it kind of – I mean, if you got a fiery head coach, not all hundred guys in the team are going to be fiery, are they? I, or vice versa. I think it's more in basketball, and I've seen it numerous times. Whether it's Iran Gannat, Gib Arnold, Riley Wallace, other coaches around the country, I think it's more because you're recruiting these players that you like and think are really good athletes. So, I mean, I, and I said this before, I didn't think Isaac Fleming would last on the basketball team with Iran Gannat because he wouldn't have the same personality. For football, Timmy Chang has his own personality. I don't think it's the same because you have what 85 scholarship players. It's not going to be the same where you're going to have so many players having the same personality personality traits but i think a lot of them do right i'm going to show my age here because i would think of somebody like tom landry yet his star linebacker was hollywood henderson eh, yeah. kind of direct opposite yeah, right true. yes all right uh here's a text thank you for texting in coach chang will continue tanner's going who <laughs> coach chang will continue to address the situation when he are we man we're got we got we, we got to win but we're focused on this uh uh, you know, um, smack talking. It says, Coach Chang will continue to address the situation. When he called the team together, oh, when he called the team together during the game and gave Edwards an earful, shows he might be elevating the discipline level up a notch. Let's celebrate the win. A lot of teams would have given up the year already. The good news is the players are still fighting, but self-control is important. Yeah, was that after... 
the Verdell Edwards thing when Coach Chang got everybody together on the sideline and, and gave him an earful? Yes, yes. Yeah, don't don't fall apart now, he's saying. Come on. Yeah. Right? So I agree with the texter on that, too. All right. Uh, players should celebrate amongst their team members when they make good plays, but not in the face of their opponents, especially the very next play could totally go the other way. They need to find ways to play together as a team in an energetic and positive manner. Support each other, not motivate the other team to come back and make a bigger play. But we don't know what transpired transpired before that. And I'm not making excuses for Fidel Edwards. But if that receiver said some magic words and he crossed the line, well, maybe Verdell Edwards makes a key stop and he crosses that line a little bit. Again, no excuse for him. But that's really easy to say. Control your emotions. It's a high testosterone sport. I know I'm saying that wrong already. It, it's still with everything involved with the high and the heavy battle of football and a lot of sports, high, fast pace, the physicality of it. These things are going to happen. They have to express their emotion. They have to have an outlet. And I think that's okay as long as, long as you don't go too far. But it's easy to say just, you know, one snap and clear. You know, it's easier. To, and most of the time that's the case. Every now and then that won't be the case. Yeah, and I think what this might have been, I mean, because it was so, you know, I blocked the pass and I'm, I'm ferociously in the other player's face and i'm guessing there's probably that guy has probably said a bunch of things during the game verdell edwards blocked the pass and he went yeah back at you but That's again you're a captain you can't do that right. go on the sideline and scream into a pillow or something you don't do that that's what it'll do um, next time i'm sure uh mike texts in here he says you just described hawaii on its previous games of the line retreating oh hey thanks for being positive mike uh, no, not like not like I saw against Nevada. I mean, a couple of times we've seen the um, you know it's like the uh, the Hawaii offense. You know, the, the pocket gets all muddled up and stuff like that. But we didn't get a clear understanding of I think the potential that AJ Bianco has because his line was just a mess in yeah. that game. I think AJ Bianco is going to be a star. They just need some players around him. And yeah. in front of him. He definitely showed that he could run, and he was a little elusive, to say the least. His passing game was basically non-existent. I think he was 5 of 15 for 76 yards. But, again, that was more on the O-line, I think. You're right. He didn't really have any time at all. Right. Uh, hey, okay, we are got to take a break here. want to remind you that ESPN Honolulu and KHI TV bring you the Timmy Chang Show. It's coming up Wednesday, 6 p.m., Ruby Tuesday, Moana Lua. You can join us in person, catch it on the radio, or you can watch the uh, encore performance the next day on KHI TV. So um, we've got the Timmy Chang Show coming up Wednesday, and you probably heard already. The Craig Angelus Show is back. That'll be on Thursday at Velocity uh, in uh, Honolulu, right there on the corner of Kapiolani and Ward. So Timmy Chang Show Wednesday, Craig Angelus Show Thursday. More sports talk next on ESPN Honolulu. We're talking about uh, a lot of uh, reaction to Hawaii's uh, first uh, road win 
in the Timmy Chang era. First Mountain West Conference win for the University of Hawaii this year. We're just talking football joy this morning. Yes, we are, and hopefully that'll carry over to an Air Force team that shows the Suez looking at Air Force. They're going to be really angry, which I'm sure they will be, yeah. Saturday because they lost at home uh, to Army, a team that was 2-6 and six, that just lost to UMass the week before, and they are at home and they can't even score a touchdown. Wow. I'm sure their fans' voice, their fans were pretty upset then as well, takes them out of a couple of other possibilities. They still can win the Commander uh, Cup, I guess. They could win that if Army beats Navy. But the Commander's Trophy, I guess, excuse me. And uh, I don't think they're going to be the group of five representative in the New Year's Six Bowl game. And they might have had an outside chance. That'll go away. But they can still go to the Mountain West Championship game. So it shows that they're going to be angry and maybe more motivated. Or does it show that maybe they are vulnerable? I know Army knows their offense probably better than other schools, except for maybe Navy. But still, this is going to be a road game. And I'm not going to predict a win for Hawaii. I just don't think it's automatic that Hawaii shows up and loses the way some people are saying uh, anything can happen. And I don't know if it's likely, but I'm hoping this confidence, whether it's this Saturday against Air Force, will carry over to another win or two this season to have things look a little bit better when the season finally does end in a few weeks. Right. And uh, it's going to be military day against Air Force coming up Saturday. So um, let's see, Saturday, all military personnel, 50 5 off discount on tickets. We'll give you more details as the week goes on here. But if you know somebody in the military now, uh, if Captain Fun could let us know, is it um, active military? Is it veterans? Who gets 50% off? If we can uh, kind of fill us in on that, because that's pretty important. Yes. Um, Let's see here. Uh, We've got a text here, and it says college basketball starts tonight. So I know you're excited about that. Oh, yes says can't find Hawaii on the schedule why well not what every kind of text is that not every team starts tonight oh there's a women's game going on in France right now in Paris Notre Dame and South Carolina a lot of teams are starting today uh, other teams are starting tomorrow we if you haven't heard the reason basically is it was just really tough in getting teams to come here this week they had a couple of opportunities with schools that fell through for whatever reason I don't know the reason uh, but it happens unfortunately so they'll start next Tuesday eight days from now against UH Hilo uh, there are a number of games a couple of games involving Big West schools I'm interested in for today. One, we will have Cal State, Fullerton at San Diego State, and CSUN at Stanford. But most teams are going to be starting at some point this week, yes. The women's team starting this week, they will have Stanford on Wednesday. Laura Beeman will join our show tomorrow to talk about that game. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, you know what? And that's going to help. Going out on the road right away, getting the, you know, learning to travel together, new players on the team, learning to travel playing a team like i mean your last game was against lsu and your first game is against stanford wow well i mean they had an exhibition but uh, you know going back to back lsu and stanford that's some scheduling right there, baby. I think those um, those games help them in the long run. I mean, sure. they, they're going to lose them, unfortunately. Maybe once in a while they'll they'll steal one of these games or get that victory. But I think even though their record doesn't show it in November and December because of their tough scheduling, I think they were 1-7 last year to start. It carries over to Big West play, and I think it does help them. Big picture. All right. Uh, here's a text about Wahine Volleyball. You remember they uh, – you know, they, they – not a good weekend uh, for the Wahine Volleyball team. Uh, it says, regarding Wahine Volleyball, UH for years set the bar in the conference. 
Santa Barbara has set a new bar for the conference, but the season's not over. No, you got the Big West Tournament again in Long Beach Thanksgiving week, and that's a good thing for Hawaii this year because it doesn't look like they will win the regular season. There are three games in back of Santa Barbara now with four to play. And uh, Irvine on the road this week is a team that defeated Santa Barbara a couple of weeks ago. And then you have Long Beach State to end the regular season on senior night, November 18th, a team that defeated Hawaii at the Pyramid. That'll be a big match as well. Yeah. All right. It's a quarter to nine with the animals here on ESPN Honolulu. Uh, Monday night football is going on tonight. You can catch that game this afternoon on CBS 1500. And if you're looking to catch some UH football, head on over to uh, Dixie Grill and Barbecue Shack in IAEA. You can enjoy the game with, get this, the volume turned up. How many times you go to a place and they don't have the volume up? Uh, now, uh, they open up early on the morning games, too, for, like, NFL and stuff or UH football. Uh, they'll open up early so you can get a good seat. That's your home for football mixed with Southern Hospitality. That's Dixie Grill Barbecue and Crab Shack. Go Bows! Ready? Yeah. <laughs> Tanner, are we on? Yes. Did you better mention it? Oh, sorry. I was cough. Did my big cough come over the air? No. Man, my throat is nuts from this whatever. I don't know if it's a Mililani Mauka thing or what, but it's ragged. Hey, uh, before we move on, uh, and I know this is a day that you love, Gary, it's National Basketball Day today uh, because this is the day James Naismith would have been 162 years old today. Wow. Wow. That is a big day. Yeah. Uh, He invented the game. He was working at the YMCA uh, in uh, Springfield, Massachusetts. They said, hey, come up with a sport we can play indoors in the winter. So he's like, okay. And he had a little peach basket and threw a ball in it. The rest is history. I've been to his Uh, Hall of Fame. Yeah. And years later, uh, years later, uh, shoes for this little sport he made cost $180, $250. (laughs) On a good day, on a good day. Okay. Hey, you know, I, We're I, talking about yeah. rainbow walking a uh, volleyball, and uh, this is kind of disturbing. Yeah, I never thought something like this would happen here, and I saw this uh, via Hawaii News Now, and basically it says this, that the volleyball coach, doesn't say her name, but you would think it's Robin Amo, has filed a police report after an apparent email was sent threatening the team. Now, this report was filed at 10 p.m. Saturday night. The match uh, against Santa Barbara probably ended around 8.39 o'clock. So an hour after that, uh, now it says the email was actually received the day earlier. So it wasn't received after they lost to Santa Barbara, maybe after they lost to Cal Poly. But it was a threatening email, threats to the entire volleyball team, this report says. Not just to the coach, to the entire team. At this time, as of yesterday, the suspect is unknown. But uh, the police department are, they're waiting to, Hawaii News now is waiting to hear back from Honolulu Police to see if there's anything more to that. They are investigating this, not only for the coaches, but for the students' safety as their main priority, they say. And the uh, Department of Public Safety has been in contact with UH Athletics uh, since the email was received. And I hope they find the person. 
has nothing to do with Israel, by the way. I know somebody was might be asking that. It mentioned in the article. Nothing to do with Tali Hakas and what's going on and with Israel in, in the Middle East. So it's nothing along those lines, they say, which is, you know, that's good to hear as well. But the fact that somebody in Hawaii would do something, a threatening email to the entire team, did you lose a bet? What would make you go to that extreme? And I hope they can uh, trace you know it what? back. Nowadays, with mental illness the way it is today, especially the way it's running rapid, not just in Hawaii, but all over the country. You know what? I'm wondering. See, when you say, I hope they can catch him, it's pretty easy to catch somebody if you're dumb enough to send an email. They can find what, you know, they can find the uh, where it came, what computer it came from. Right, right. Um, so, you know, I, I would think that they would be able to find it. I, I think the feds have to get involved in something with that. But I think it would be pretty easy to find out where the email came from. Yeah, you would Which, think, right, they can trace it back to the IP address and stuff like that. So uh, I'm hoping that will definitely happen. The, the fact that it happened, like you said, it right. happens around the country. Mental illness is rampant, as you said. Uh, and I don't know if this is a case of mental illness. It sounds like it would be or should be if somebody taking it to that extreme. But And it doesn't even matter what the reason is. But that's one thing I am curious about because they lost. Is that the reason? But why, why and why twice? Why would you do it after a loss? And why would you send something like that to a coach and the entire team? I don't can't think of obviously any reason to justify, but any reason why that would even make sense to any individual. Wait, so they did it twice? You said? No, I'm saying I'm I'm, I'm asking the question why twice? Why would you do this in the first place? And why would you include the entire volleyball team? What would be the reasoning behind that in the first place? And just to mention the whole team, it wasn't like you were upset with a player or a coach. You threatened the entire team, according to this article from Hawaii News Now. Well, that's I mean, I yeah, I don't know that the question is why would you do that. It's 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 who who did it. And uh, hopefully, you know, somebody doesn't see this and go, oh, yeah, okay, let's start doing that. That's why you want to catch this person yeah. and punish them swiftly and harshly so that people see that if it was somebody joking around or I'm upset because I lost a bet, like you said, then you know what? That's not acceptable. Because, I mean, so far, knock on wood, you're seeing guys shooting up shopping malls and all kinds of stuff uh, in this country. I mean, there's a mass shooting. What is it? Every four hours or Seems whatever like that, it is, yeah. something like that. In this country, there's a mass shooting. Now, a mass shooting means uh, four or more people uh, being shot at. We don't have that in Hawaii. But are we joining the rest of the country now with stuff like this? That's what kind of makes you worry a little bit is, oh, okay, so this is where we're at now in, in, in Hawaii Nei. Yeah, I thought of that as well. Again, I didn't think something like that would happen with a University of Hawaii team. Uh, we're not on that level. People here usually aren't on that level, like we read stories from afar. And I'm hoping it stays that way. But this was something that, yeah, it, it is disturbing, to say the least. Okay, well, we'll you know, we'll keep us posted on that. I wanted to get to a, a story, and we can do this tomorrow. Uh, there's an article at ESPN.com uh, uh, saying now – because of the money that can be made, 80% of uh, big-time college football stadiums now sell alcohol. And we've always sold alcohol. I don't know if they sold alcohol at the Honolulu Stadium years ago. I'm guessing they did. But uh, we were kind of like the leaders in that, I guess. <laughs> anyway, I want to talk more about that tomorrow and where college athletics is going as far as other revenue streams. But we got to go for now. Remember, it's... Uh, Monday Night Football, 
Coming up CBS 1500 this afternoon. We'll see you tomorrow here on ESPN Honolulu.